Shit. So Tony just said that he won't swear. <laughs> but, but Tony said he won't swear, but John and I can swear. I mean, so, this is. That's how we start off this episode. You know, that's how we, that's yes. how we do it. This is Steve Araujo. John Moody. Tony Paleo. <laughs> episode fucking 28 of The Big Bottom. Because almost, Tony... almost to 30. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think we reap any benefits right now. No. No. The only one is Tony is not cursing. So Jonathan yeah. and I are the two. I think the only thing is maybe at this point in time, the big bottom is uh, debating uh, moving out of the parents' basement because that it's maybe. not on um, their, their health insurance anymore. And the dad of the big bottom wants uh, him to clean his room. Maybe, maybe go out and get a job. I don't want to clean my studio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't work at Blockbuster anymore. I don't want to go over there. <laughs> My uh, 1980 Toyota Tercel is on its last leg, but you know, it's got <laughs> Toyota Tercel. Oh, that's a pull. Yeah. I had a. <laughs> it's a great I had a, you had a. I had a Corolla. Oh, nice. A Corolla. I'll never forget. It was an awesome. I loved it because it was. Um, it didn't have a color. It was primer. It was like primer gray, you know. Mm -hmm. And well, that's was, in now. Matt finish. The matte 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 finish of a car. Yeah. And, I, and I remember I drove that forever. I okay. loved it. That's awesome. Um, who did we have on the show? Did I tell you? Uh, we had the uh, wonderful Jonathan Arara. Yeah, awesome. Probably single-handedly responsible for many of us. Um, buying a lot of gear Ooh, yeah i mean yeah he's done a lot for this industry actually you young mm -hmm. kids with the interwebs won't know but there was a time where we would get our information from printed publications and that was bass player magazine like we come to your door every month yes and you read this little thing <laughs> called mailbox mailbox. <laughs> mailbox you guys know about mailboxes yeah, yeah. But it was uh, it was really great to hear, you know, his yeah, his he really I remember seeing him at, you know, every episode, you know, mm -hmm. him and, uh, you know, like you said, Bill Lay, Chris Jizzy, uh, Carl Corriott. Those guys were like, you know, and then Jim Roberts before Jim Roberts. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that was so iconic, man. It's just it was really man. That, and wealth of information, studio yes. pro, yeah. Um, a real player. Real player. A real player that was actually not just an editor, but a real player yeah. player. Yeah. Um super intelligent guy, gentleman. Uh I feel like I need to uh lowbrow myself right now just to balance myself out. <laughs> because... I'll, I'll get my shoes on and wait for you to go pick me up so we can go to Angelo's. We're gonna go to Angelo's and we're going to the wrestling match afterwards, John. <laughs> there we go. And we're gonna force Steve to go. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. It's like it's as long as it's not Star Wars or the Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica or whatever the show is that you guys watch. I'm good. Is this the Dutch Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> Rambo Lord of the Rim Rings. Be fair, you'd watch that. I totally would. It'll be awesome. Our Sorry, John, we missed out. He's not a geek that way, you know. Like, uh, it's all right. It's all right. I mean. You cannot pass. You will not pass. 
Isn't that a scene? It sounds more like Sean Connery sitting there being right. Which I mean, again, I'd watch that too. Thou will not pass. He actually was supposed to be the original Gandalf. (laughs) Shut up, Sean Connery. No, wait, Sean Connery was or or Rambo (laughs) or no? Sean Connery was supposed to be what he read for Gandalf, and he's like, I don't understand this. I seriously thought that you were saying that Sylvester Stallone was the original guy that was supposed to be in. That would be really weird. (laughs) No, here is supposed to be a base podcast, and we're like. That would be wild. A sly red for Gandalf. Yeah. That's all I can think about now. When we hang up, we get we close this whole podcast. All, all that's going to be in my mind is that's sly as Gandalf. Success, much success. No, but it was a it was a great podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Wealth of Gandalf was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And the behind the scenes uh, talking shit was pretty funny too. That was great. That was yeah. good. That was great. No one will was, ever know. That was that was gold. Actually, you know. No one will ever know what was said behind the green room, in the green room. So, anyways, how are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Stuff is kind of opening a little bit more back up for everybody. Which, opening up, yeah. Thankfully, it's good, man. I know. Uh, Drums are done for uh, the record we're doing. Nice. And uh, nice for the nine tracks. Uh, I start cutting. Probably next week or something like that. Are you doing it in the studio or your home? I'll be doing it at Joe's. Okay, very cool. Nice. nice. Yeah, I'll be doing it at my guitar for the my guitar place. Um, so, and we're not in a rush. We're gonna just do a couple of week. That's it. You know. Great. That's good. That's a good schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That that'll be it. And so they'll be out before summer. So I'm psyched. That's, that's cool. And uh, gigs are a little bit more opening up for for both of you guys. I mean, I haven't heard anything musical theater stuff. I'm assuming if that opens up, it's not going to start to like the fall. Okay. Broadway opens up in, in supposedly tentatively in um, I think the end of September. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that theater allows some work again. Yes. Um, Fingers crossed. I got gigs in, in of all places, Connecticut. Okay. So <clears throat> cool. I'll take it. You know, right? Yeah. Well, good. Well, it was available. So, uh, guys, enjoy the podcast of Jonathan. Yes, mm-hmm. Jonathan Herrera. All right, guys. Steve Araujo, John Moody, Tony Paleo. That was like it was rehearsed, guys. That was good. <laughs> you know, it only took twenty-eight times. <laughs> but we're gonna fuck it up next time, so that's okay. Right. Don keeps taking my question. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Well, I'm two for two on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start with that question next time. Nice. So, all right, guys. Big bottom. We loved it. We uh, And uh, yeah, enjoy. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we are recording. Bam. Go ahead. Do the introductions there, Tony. Uh, we have uh, below me right now, uh, Jonathan. Is he behind? But Always oh, below me. Uh, Jonathan Herrera. Hey, Jonathan. Woo. What's up, guys? Good to What's see you. How are you? Good to see I'm, you, man. I'm well. I'm well. Good, good. All right, before we start, I got a uh, John Moody. Mm-hmm. What? Where'd it go? What? what? Happened? You, no hair here. What? Oh yeah, I got bored. <laughs> Sorry, that was my. I can't go on without saying that because yeah, I trimmed it back down just to my regular thing, not the full goatee. Although right. I did do that, um, like that real pencil line 
thing nice. this morning, you know, nice. kind of the heavy metal uh, uh, goatee thing I where see. the guys have it just like this. You are, and you then are, I thought yeah. of like trimming this part down so it would be like this and then just the middle part. Dude, just do the Clark Gable full on like old 50s, 40s actor, just pencil. Very sweet. Right. Bring that shit in. Then or go the other route, go the full Groucho Marx. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> so, Jonathan, right, so, sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> how you've been throughout this whole thing? Yeah. With what's going on? I know it's been the magic year. Um, I still see. We still see what you're doing. You're yeah. keeping busy. Tell us a little bit what's going on. What you've been doing the past year? Um. Well, it's been a. It's been a. Uh, there's no one answer. I mean, it definitely for the for the first. Say all the answers. <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, that, you know, like I think, like most people, for the first chunk of the of the shutdown, I, I was basically suddenly found myself uh, without without any work really. I mean, a few little things, um, a few uh, you know little projects I could do here in in my studio, mm -hmm. um, but. You know, I had a bunch of gigs through the summer, a little tour, all, you know, all the, all the kind of typical things I'm sure you've heard applied yeah. to me. So I, uh, you know, by the end of the summer, I would say last year, things were getting quite bleak <laughs> yeah. over here. Um, and, uh, you know, just navigating it. I mean, fortunately, nobody close to me, I mean, at least nobody in my immediate family or any loved ones were, were you know, were, were, were seriously ill or, I mean, that, that would be That's a whole yeah. other degree of, of, uh, of stress, but, um, but yeah, you know, just, just coping with, with, with that reality. And then, and then, uh, you know, early days, you know, I did a couple streaming things and uh, hosted a couple uh, streaming performances here at my studio and participated in some, you know, and like, like, like everyone, we were trying to figure out how to navigate this and, you know, yeah. quickly the, uh, the goodwill sort of the, the, the tank of goodwill from the audience kind of ran dry because everybody was doing that at the same time. Yeah. Um, although there were a few, you know, a few of those, I, the tip, the, the virtual tip jar was, was, was helpful. Um, good, good. But yeah, so I, you know, just, just, just muddled through and then, and then in the fall, uh, of last year, I, I began, um, you know, a couple other projects came through mixing projects. Um, and then I, and then I also started to work with, uh, Scott Devine and Scott's bass lessons. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that has been a really great thing on a number of levels, just, you know, uh, and practically speaking, it's, it's uh, provided me a means, you know, partial means of supporting myself, and 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 right. and, and more importantly, just feeling uh, productive and uh, again in 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 a in a sphere that I I have a lot of experience in and, and I enjoy, and um, it's got it's, it's it's enabled me to travel some and 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 just you know become involved with with that that team, you know, who I think are doing, you know, it's. I don't think it's really arguable. They're doing some of the, some of the best, um, you know, certainly the highest quality mm -hmm. uh, content relating to, to base and, you know, especially base education yeah. online. So, so that's, that's if, I, if there was one kind of dominant force in my life since fall of last year, it's been that it's been kind of the expanding relationship with, with SBL and wow. um, 
and then yeah in the last few you know last few months i mean weirdly i had like a new year's gig that was out of nowhere um oh wow and then i had another gig the other weekend so there's like you can tell there's these little tentative Mm -hmm. sprouts are starting to playing with ben masika right yeah ben masterka the guitar player yeah um yeah, just to kind of, you he know, casual. kills it, by the way. Oh, yeah, he's it. great, man. He's great. Um, he's great. Yeah, we've done a bunch of stuff together here and kind of off the books, just just jamming. I mean, you know, you know we, we, we're we all so rusty and just feeling, <laughs> you know, and, and I think the, the, just the psychological impact of not being able to do the thing that, that it is that we do in order to kind of bring balance into our lives and feel creatively inspired and stimulated like to, to to have to suddenly go without that for so long it has all these these unintended consequences you only you only discover when it when it happens to you you know so yeah. um so it's been great he's been one of the guys yeah throughout this time you know we've got masked up and jammed or you know played some tunes and stuff um but yeah so so some some you know i, I feel that the and, and i think you know one thing i've learned is like it your one's experience of this time is highly dependent on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I have friends in other parts of the country. I have a friend in Atlanta, for example, who, you know, it's basically like, there's no pandemic there at this point, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and that's not, not, it's not the case here. I'm here. I, my studio is in Oakland, California. So okay. um, we were, uh, you know, San Francisco and the Bay area was very early to the, we always take this kind of thing very seriously. Um, and so, you know, it's been, I, you know, this New York, I think similar, you know, very, very Boston as well, where I am. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I think the coastal, I think coastal places are more taking it well, more seriously. I always say that, you know, I, I'm in Orange County and it was like quarantine light, you know I mean? Right. We were, we were quarantined, but it wasn't like, let's say LA, cause we had artists that would come down to GNL and they'd be like, oh my, like this is night and day. So it was very regional, you know, I mean, obviously we took all the precautions and all that stuff, but it was just, just the vibe and the feel. I think Orange County, like you said, coastal was very, um, yeah, it was not as severe as, as let's say Boston, New York, Oakland, San Francisco. Cause I know San Francisco, we shipped out a couple of instruments to a couple of artists and it was like their only contact to the world, you know, and they're like, yeah. and, and we really, uh, you know, we sent it, I think either FedEx or UPS, one of the two, and they couldn't have been more happy. They're like, oh my God, we haven't seen anybody, the FedEx guy, you know, oh. and, and it was like this little ray of sunshine. So it's, um, it's so bizarre, this whole thing, how regionally different it's been, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, the, and like you were saying, even just, you know, we talk about this all the time, just the, uh the psychological impact of this, you know, especially at the beginning when you didn't know what the fuck this thing was, you know, I mean, it, it was pretty scary you yeah. know, for everybody. So that definitely was, was one of those. Yeah. It, it, it was, was like a, Brian Bella, Brian, what do you say he, when he was on here? He only sees his, uh, the UPS guy. And, <laughs> and that's, and that was just a few weeks, like three, what was it, uh, a month ago? Yeah. He's like, I, this is who I see. Ooh, so that. That sounds like Brian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, right. You know, you know? Thankfully, you know, hopefully we're on this other side. Like you said, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people that are, you know, the, the gigging is kind of trickling in little bit by little bit, corporate gigs, um, yeah. you know, fly out dates and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, but here it's state by state, like Connecticut and Rhode Island are opening. I'm, I have gigs in Connecticut 
next yeah. month. Mm. So I'm like, yay. I know Iowa was wide open, man. I have a, a buddy of mine that plays in this big corporate band, and they're literally, I think, every weekend, right? Iowa in either April or May, one of the two, and they're literally flying out for like you know three days straight and just killing it because people want to see live music. So that's yeah. that's Iowa. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah, you just got to hang in there, you know, any way you can. And and I think a lot of this too at the beginning, it really, you know, like like you were saying, like you. It, it made the res the real resourceful people kind of rise above because they they had to figure this shit out. Like, how are yeah. we going to make this work during this? Like, if I didn't know how to video edit or record, I'm going to fucking learn how to do it, you know? And and yeah. I think that that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, you don't want to go through it in a pandemic, but, you know, the resourceful really rose above, you know, and the stuff you were doing and that you're doing. And, you know, we saw a lot of people that, that did it really well. You know, it was um, it was cool. And you got to see some people that didn't do it well at the beginning, but then, you know, got better and better. It's like, oh, fuck, that's cool. You know, so and you saw some yeah. people trickle off. Yes. Oh, sure. that, too. Yeah. I mean, I tried to, you know, project into the world when, you know, in the opportunities I had, things like this. I've done a few other podcasts and stuff like definitely. Yeah. Trying to to remind people of that silver lining that, you know, anytime there's a crisis or just think in your life, any hardship, like in hindsight, usually that, that ends up being a really essential yeah. part of, of your growth. Right. Like that's how we are sort of, sometimes we're, we need to be forced into change. Right. So yeah. that, that's, that's a really healthy perspective on what's happened. And, and I think for, yeah, for musicians, it, it, a lot of it meant, developing skills that they just always were kind of putting off or, you know, and, and that's rad. But I also, at the same time, I, I was, I talk about that. I also like always wanted to make it clear that if that didn't happen for you, mm -hmm. that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Cause I think there's this weird uh, sort of shame I've noticed in some people that uh, they didn't yeah. like nail the crisis, you know, they didn't like, Oh, you know, everyone else like learned how to, you know, like blew up their Instagram or like, start a YouTube channel. And, and I think that there was enough stress going on between the political situation and, and the pandemic. Like if, if, if your reaction to that was, I don't really feel inspired. I don't feel yes. motivated. I just want to survive. Then that's totally fine too. Absolutely. There's no, yeah. no shame in that at all. Yeah. yeah no shame. And I, I yeah. I want to make that clear. Yeah. By all means, I didn't mean to shame, you know, hmm. but yeah, yeah. There's I'm not saying you're doing that, but yeah, that's yeah. the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it was a, uh, it was a mind fuck for sure. You know, to say the least yeah <laughs> it was, yeah so. and that's not a, always an easy environment to like be creative in. yeah and oh, that's fine man. yeah <clears throat> sure man. but your studio is killing man your studio is rad you now, oh, thank you did you just you just moved into there like a right before i've been here uh god it's almost been i think like two years now okay um, okay yeah yeah i used to have another another place uh here in the bay area um that was that was really special. That place was built by the, the same crew that built the record plant, the famous studio in Marine. Oh County. wow! Um, yeah, they built it originally. I mean, this is a sign of the times that they built it uh, in the '70s because uh, the plant was was so busy. I mean, they were having you know multiple big sessions simultaneously sure. in rooms, so they needed like an <laughs> overflow studio. And uh, actually, one day, they, the, an engineer that used to work at my old spot came by to check it out. He was there in the eighties and he was describing, you know, what it was like then and just how much work there was and, and the rates they were charging. I mean, it was like 
double what we were charging for a day rate. And this is like in the eighties and they had a problem getting it, you know, cause of the budgets and stuff. Um, so yeah, that this, this business has changed, but anyway, um, yeah, your studio's killing. I'm here now and yeah, it's great. I mean, that's, that's been a real godsend. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when the world kind of stopped, I was able, at least I had a place other than home to be and, 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 create in and you know feel like somewhat normal i could get in my car and go to work and sure you know, sure that, that was a big help that's fantastic sanity yeah thank you what's your uh what's your da you use pro tools or is that logic i'm looking at it that's lot that's oh that's logic yeah um yeah. Okay. I primarily i prefer working in logic okay but i run pro tools too that's cool yeah sometimes especially if you're collaborating with a with project that started somewhere else that's often sure. the case but i find logic to be a lot more pleasant yeah. that's steve's too he's like i agree my head can't like, wrap around. i'm not i'm not the smart guy with pro tools i tried i had a, an original mbox when it first came out i tried and i was like what in the f man i just could my head just yeah it's yeah it, it's had to really spend some time in it yeah but kudos because it's so powerful you know and uh yeah but but i'm a fan logic and i know tony runs you're running uh, luna luna and that's Freaking cool! I want to hit you know, that. Carrie, my, my buddy Carrie Nordstrand's always. Carrie's uh, doing that. Yes. Boosting. Ah, screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what does he know? The ah! hell. Cat yeah, he's. Boom is great. I want, I want to check it out. Yeah, and then John, you're you're running. Uh, um, Studio One. Studio One. That's right. That's a powerful. That's good too. Yeah. We all do the thing, you know. Dude, it's it's, it's poop in, poop out, or good in, good out. Whatever you put in, if it's shit, it's going to be shit. If it's good, it's going to be good. <laughs> That's it. That's the way it works. You know, I keep on looking over John's shoulder, and I see, like, a yummy-looking stable going on back there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a little bit of the stable there. I mean, you mm -hmm. want to show and tell? Or what do you want? Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grab your three favorites. Three all at once. Um, <laughs> I'll show you the newest, the newest edition. Yes. Go, let me see. This is the newest edition. Oh, oh AC. Cool. is it an Elaine Cor an AC? Not Hello, an AC. George. It's a BNF five. Uh, okay. From the year two thousand, which I actually have one of my long time kind of most favorite mm -hmm. aces is another as the fretted that okay. is also made in two thousand. So Ooh. these are kind of like cousins. But yeah, this is an extended is fretboard all the way to the yeah. It goes to like twenty like twenty eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. But yeah, this thing's insane i've always wanted one i you know i uh when i was a kid i got the uh, bass player magazine put out a buyer's guide in like 92 or 93 uh -huh. maybe. and you know you know how it was then like that was the place where you could the only place you could see pictures of this yeah. cool stuff and i remember they had a picture of a a lancaron like a you know the ac fretless and i just thought it was the coolest looking thing i'd ever seen in my whole life so i've always had this little like you know yeah i mean in the realm of uh, in the realm of fret lie or fretlesses that's yeah. one of the <laughs> one of the best that's one, one of, of the best up there with like padula pentabuzz i mean that is like the fretless to have you know yeah, it's pretty dope it's passive which is pretty cool it's got oh this, wow, okay got this uh the piezo setup this, no it's just magnetic no? um oh nice but it's the same, it's basically the same bridge and saddle, except yeah. without the, the, the Paizo pickups Okay. of the AC. It's cool, and I'm sure it's doing something. It's a little annoying yeah. uh, from a practical point of view because there's no intonation adjustability or string height. Right. Um, 
So, and I think these shipped originally with a taper core string. Okay. So uh, you kind of have to recut the saddle if you want to mm -hmm. use normal strings. So anyway, it's a yep. working problem. Let's see what else I got. I got a, uh, this is a favorite. This is a 1966. Woo! Yeah, oh, I know that bass. Fuck. It's a good one. Oh, that's, oh man. Wait, wait, wait. What, real proper. John, where's the, I have a question on that. Where's the EMGs? No. <laughs> <laughs> where's the, like, the route for the P pickup in between? Yeah. <laughs> and the badass bridge. The badass. Yeah. Okay, I would do that. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, 66 is the, that, those, those lollipop tuners. Lollipops, are just, yeah. Just the best. They look so good. Yeah, that's in good shape. It was a weird, weird year, you know, because the that was where blocks yes started. So yeah, there's blocks. half the year there's binding and dots, and then yeah. the later half you get binding and blocks. So it's the yeah, later and and rosewood. So that's rosewood. fucking yeah. rad. Woo! That one's cool. Uh, let's see, one that's more. Sex. That's all sexy, man. That's oh, I like uh, that. This thing's killing. This is a uh, the this is one of my favorite. Uh, this is a Pinot, Fender Custom Shop Pinot P. Oh. These things are great. Okay. Uh, and then I'll show you two more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. It's because I love these. Uh, this is a Callahill. Dude, I was going to oh, ask you. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a Callahill. It's oh. got uh, some weird Bubby Lewis strings on it at the moment. <clears throat> Dude, um, okay. Those bases, yeah, that's... That's definitely one of the uh, one of my uh, um, unicorn bases for sure. Yeah, I want to. They're hard to find, man. I know. It, it was for me too. Yeah. I uh, know. Big blades, right? Uh, yeah, these are big blades, and I and I guess these were like a prototype when they were developing mm. them. So I don't even. I think these are. Carrie just kind of kicked down there. These don't even have. have you, can, you can't quite maybe see, but they don't even have like plastic covers. They're kind of oh like my. raw. Oh, oh yeah. Um, that's gorgeous. And uh, wow. Yeah, this actually, when I got it, it had wood, like radius wood covers with big singles in it and a wow. ramp. Oh. So actually, what it looked like in a radius ramp. So it looked like really just one big block of radius ebony from here to here. Um, unfortunately, like the way Tim cut the routes and those covers, like the, the pickups were too far from the string. So it was super low output. So Carrie and I worked together. This works for me. That's beautiful. That's I think the blades, they're like my second favorite pickup. Yeah. Next yeah, they're really good, man. They're 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 um they definitely they have a distinct character and then like you know, all the off axis response is great. Yeah. You're, you're wow. a vendor. That thing yeah. is beautiful. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, and I'm sure Carrie's showing you this, and I'd be remiss if I didn't Meow. Work. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John just got one. He yeah. loves this. Oh cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're great, man. Dude, that that's he did he did really well on that base. He really did. Oh, they're You're amazing. Yeah, I use it all the time. It's cool. it's uh it's remarkable how good it sounds tracked, especially. That's cool. Sounds Damn. Put this somewhere. The anyway, there's a lot of bases here. We could do this all day. I got a lot. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. So here's a question for you. If someone said, uh, tell me how many bases you have right now, could you answer that question? No. <laughs> I love we it. love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. I could probably figure it out, and, but I I would probably forget mm -hmm. one or two, you know, <laughs> that are in a that I haven't seen in 
years because they've been in the case the whole time or something. Yeah, I went live the other day and someone was asking me, how many bases do you have? And I'm like, if you put a gun in my head right now, I, I couldn't answer that question. I would, be, I would be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be pulling a number out. You know? What's the over under? What's the over under, Tony? 20? I, for me yeah. or for John? Oh, yeah, for, you. For, jo- for, for Tony, what are you? What are you? What's the over under? Uh, for me, I am, I think I'm. Is it 20? Around that. Okay. How about Jonathan? Herrera? He's more. You're more, huh? I know. I would say it's about 20. I thought right. over under yeah, 18, 20, something like that. There you go. All right. I have fewer now. I'm not at my peak, <laughs> you know, for various reasons, some of which were just purely financial. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, who beats the, you know who beats us both? Mr. Moody. Uh, it's not by that much. I sold some. Oh, yeah. Do you know how many you have? I like when John's the worst. I do, and that's only because I was updating my spreadsheet with all the serial numbers and stuff for insurance. Oh, man. I should do that. I always tell myself I should do that. Uh, Yeah. But uh, I think I've got, counting the the uprights, uh, 23. Man. Oh, you went down. Well, yeah. I sold, I think, about 10 last year, like pre-pandemic. And it it was just more of like I – I don't need four P bases. I'll just keep the one or two that I really like and yeah, sell the others. I hear that. The only thing definitive I can say is I have six Mike Lulls. That's the only thing I can 100% say. That's good. I have zero Mike Lulls. I need to, I, I'd like one. They're great. You should. Yeah. You should. You need to get yourself one. True. They're great. Every time I play one, I, yeah. I, I love it. They're awesome. Bases. I had one of your old bases. Jonathan, I had that Fodera NYC Empire. Oh, you had that? I had it. Oh, funny. Past What'd you tense. think? Um, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, heavy as fuck. Yeah, really heavy. Really heavy, but you, you know, man, I, I, I love Foderas. I mean, I just, I still, you know, I love them. But it, something about the, the humbuckers, I'm just such a single coil kind of nut. And um, I really liked it. I think for somebody doing a bunch of sloppy poppy marcusy perfect for me it just wasn't it but i i did like it though it was great i mean it was the thing was a brick it was built so well you know it was really yeah good. like yeah when was, they built that for me it was like the design brief was sort of like i want the plainest mm-hmm. one you make yeah like the least federa federa but, <laughs> but it was I want all the Want all the quality and you know the design uh, well, attention to detail, but I didn't want it to look fancy. I I fell in love with the body finish, and I actually have a GNL Matador that I copied that that um kind of burst. Oh, cool! And it's but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting. Oh man, yeah. it was yeah. it was just gorgeous, you know. But it was you know it had that that maple 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 ash characteristic, yeah. you know, very um very scoopy. You know, and and I yeah, try to yeah, and I try to get it to get a little bit more of that mid punch, and it just inherently didn't have it. Um, the guy that bought it, I think he's in uh, Vegas, and he's super happy with it. So oh, cool. to a good home. I love but, hearing where stuff ends up. You know. I, I know it's kind of rad, but it's yeah, a it perfect was, base for Vegas show. You know, yeah, yeah, big yeah. lows, big highs, boom, bah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and sturdy as hell, like overbuilt. Crazy yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was oh, that's cool. cool. That's good to know. Yeah, John, tell us about your recording project. So, like, let's say you're getting tracks for like, you know, t- a typical pop band. How? What would be your workflow? 
Uh, let's see, what role, what hat am I wearing? Am I playing bass on it? You're am playing I, bass on it. Tell me oh, a bass okay. playing role, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, in fact, this just came up the other day. Some A, a friend of mine, uh, uh, there's a great drummer. Maybe you've heard of him, a guy named Atma Anur. He, he played on a bunch of... Uh, like Mike Varney, like shred stuff, Richie Cotton. And, I, I actually know. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I don't know who he yeah. is. Yeah. So we played, we used to play some together. He used to be local and then he he actually moved to Poland. Um, wow. You know, just who knows? But I think, you know, sometimes big fish, small pond is a better, better way to go, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, he hooked up with a Russian, with an American that lives in, 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 has lived in Russia for the last 20 years. And this guy's a singer songwriter. And uh, anyway, long story short, I got a, a couple tracks uh, just a couple days ago from this Russian artist. Well, American in, in Russia. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, the process is really, um, you know, making sure that I, get a good sense of like what their expectations are. Often I'll try to get uh, a, a, a reference or two, you know, is there an approach that someone took? And some people are, you know, it really is varies. Like some people are very um, specific and have like a very clear vision and some people just have no idea. And mm -hmm. you kind of feel that out when you're in, you know, communication with them, like how much they thought they've given to the base aspect. Sure. Um, but, you know, maybe they have some records that they that they they dig the approach, you know, so I'll try to get that settled. Um, and then it's. Uh, it, it's really just, yeah, sitting with the tracks, making sure I, I have what I need as far as the the demo or whatever stems, you know, I don't it, it, it always varies like what stage of the tracking process, sure. uh, you know, I might come in. Um, and often there's a little back and forth where what I'm getting isn't really what I want to hear or is too much or, you know, um, or is difficult to sync to that, that, that can be a big issue sometimes is, yeah. you know, yeah. having to, cause you know, especially bass where it's, there's so much, so much of, of the vibe and feel comes from the nuanced approach to, to time, right? Like mm -hmm. a beat, a beat is a really big thing. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if where I, what I played, when I deliver it to them, they they flow it in and it's off by a few milliseconds for whatever reason, then that kind of disrupts this intention I brought to the to the tracking. So I want to make sure that's all really, really clear. Um, and then uh, the real challenge, and then, you know, then it's getting a tone. That's in, that's informed by, you know, so many things like the 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 style, the vibe of the track, like what what I what I hear, what I think will work. You know, that's one of the cool things about having a lot of I mean, I have a lot of bases, but I can say that they, they, they were picked mostly pretty strategically, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I mean, there's a few that are, there's a there's some redundancies for sure. I have a few P bases, you know, mm -hmm. and a few, but, but I can say with, with, you know, all honesty, like of the 20, whatever bases I have, they all sound pretty different and they all do cop different vibes. Um, so, you know, and often it's like the, 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 the cheapest ones, <laughs> you know, work the best on, 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 on shit. Um, for whatever reason, like I have this really old, uh, hollow body, uh, Matsumoku base, an old, you know, short, yeah. scale, <laughs> which sounds like so good on everything, you know, and I end up grabbing it and, and carries bases like that too. It always yeah. sounds good. That's cool. So yeah, finding the right axe. And, and then sometimes that really, 
begins the that kind of can catalyze the creative process because you get a tone and that tone then kind of leads you in a certain direction as far as an approach mm-hmm. and then they're honestly the real challenge and then you get a signal chain you know i got some cool stuff to make bass sound good here and <laughs> and uh and then the hard part is really knowing when to stop because you know i've heard this from a lot of people who have you know home studio situation I mean, we're all we're all tracking remotely now and and yeah. it's it's one thing to be on a session at a studio where like, you know, the, the clock is ticking, time is money and the band's there and the engineer's breathing down your neck. And so you feel that kind of like pressure to like deliver and there's no option, you know, to endlessly iterate on it. It's different when you're alone at home and you can do 8 million takes until <laughs> you, you think it's perfect. And there really is a, uh, you know, perfection is the enemy of, of the possible thing that goes on. I like um, the pressure. I like the pressure in the studio. Actually. Yeah, me too. And so what I'll end up, what, where, where a slippery slope is just coming up with a part and then like, oh, I didn't quite do the thing, you know, and then I'm just endlessly, you know, kind of spending way more time than the money deserves. Sure. You, you know, no, no. Perfecting this, this thing. So, so that's what I've had to learn how to do is like, if, if I can't, if I'm not in that pressured situation, like I have to kind of, artificially manufacture that sort of pressure and not not allow myself you know set boundaries like if it's a time thing or whatever sure. and uh often that gets me a better result than because you know you, you just kind of iterate on this thing forever and it just ends up sucking the life out of it so yeah so that's basically it you know and then i'll then i'll just you know deliver it and hope hope it works out you know i'm a big like reamping guy so yeah. okay. if i have time i really tell us about that how yeah. are you doing it uh so Basically, I, I, I often will track, you know, a, a pretty dry signal, um, uh, usually through a channel strip kind of preamp thing. Uh, sometimes a DI, I have an old, um, it's like 70s, uh, I think it's a Sescore, is an old passive transformer balanced DI that um, definitely it does a thing with, with passive bases that, that I like, but, but often I'm I'm using some some piece of gear back here, you know. Yeah, um, I was looking. And uh, so so that'll be my but but you know I I there's a lot to be gained from an amp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will often, but I I, I won't want to go down that road of picking an amp, picking a mic, experimenting with placement. I'm obviously it's my studio, so I have pretty I'm pretty quick with like what I know works, but it is fun to experiment and different tracks demand different things so that can be that's the part i hate it's yeah that gets really just like it's daunting a time suck and by the time you're kind of finished that you don't feel like doing the track anymore so so what i'll try to do is just get that dry take and then when there's time and i'm in a better mood maybe the next day or i've had coffee or whatever then i'll 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 get i use a little labs uh red eye i think it's called um which is a really handy box i highly recommend it it's both a good di active or passive DI um, and a really good reamp that allows you to uh, pretty precisely set the gain, um, you know, controls the impedance. I don't know how much I need to explain reamping. Basically reamping. No, the ra- radial GD- JDV does an excellent job with that. Story. Yeah, radial is great too. I like I the mean, little labs because there's, like, there's, there's a lot, there's more like control. Mm-hmm. Um, you can flip, flip the phase, you can change the impedance, you can set the gain, there's a little finer control. But but yeah, they, they all work. I mean, even a DI backwards is 
kind of works, you know. Um, but but then that's that's so so then if I have that if I already have done the track and now I'm doing the reamping, my brain's in a different space. I'm not trying to do both things at the same time. Now it's about like being in the live room and setting up an amp and you know throwing some mics up and 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 getting into that the fun of experimenting in that environment. And then also, you know, the, the, the opportunity to maybe like run it through some, some more hardware, run it through some effects, like just, you know, kind of experiment. Um, and I think reamping is what enables you to separate that headspace from the tracking headspace. Interesting. If you're doing it all in your- For years, are you using IRs at all now, impulse responses? Not really, I don't, I mean, I do in like, you know, in like a more mixing context, like for reverbs and stuff, but not on, not on bass, no. Um, I'm Usually it's just it. like miking an amp, you know. I have like a, a, a bunch of amps, and um, yeah, it just adds a lot of character. And, and that you I'm can't a, a big fan of like how do we get a mic sound? Because a DI, I mean, I went down this years ago. I, I remember trying to find, you know, Steve and I went down like a rabbit hole of DIs, and then Jonathan got into it. But I think he's not quite as picky, you know. He's like, okay, this works really well, but like, I could never find like my right tone alone with just a di you know yeah so then i was it doing doesn't count anything like what you when you're on a gig right i mean you don't you, i'm like I, wait this doesn't sound like me yeah and just recently i started using the two note audio thing like for more for guitar uh mm. and, and reamping um using the ir in the impulse responses with gk heads and i'm like oh okay this sounds this sounds like stage this yeah. is good yeah, yeah i'm cool, very cool. happy with it yeah what uh what what's your favorite or obviously it depends but what amps do you gravitate do you have like a b15 or do you have SP um or i i don't have an actual b15 i would love to have one um i once i have a i have a kind of horror story about a b15 if you want to hear it real quick yes i uh <laughs> i was once i was uh, i live in san francisco and i was once years ago like 15 years ago or something i was riding my bicycle through the city and came upon like a yard sale and I was zipped past it and like something a little light bulb went off and I, you know you saw something out of the corner of my eye and I turned around and I went back and in the front yard of this kind of this apartment building I go up close and it was a b15 oh um and uh you know I'm like oh my god you know it's truly like one of the few amps I actually covet. I, you know, I don't, I've gotten to play a lot of stuff and there's not much I actually really lust after anymore, but I definitely would love a good B15. Um, so I found the, this, this, this young lady that who's was one of the roommates at this house or something. So I was like, what do you want for this? She's like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, this old roommate just left it here and we don't know what to do with it. So she's like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. So, I was like, uh, you know, um, well, the problem was I was on my bike and I yeah. did not have money. So I, I was, I didn't have my wallet. I was like, I'll kind of lycra it out, you know? So I was like, um, okay, I need to go home and get money, but will you promise me not to sell this? Please put it aside. I'll be right back. So I race home. I get the, my wallet. I go to the ATM, get out a hundred bucks, come back. It's not where it was. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe she put it in a side waiting for me. And I'm looking for, finally I find her. I'm like, hey, I'm back. I got the, she's like, oh, I think my roommate sold that. 
I'm sorry. So anyway, I missed out on my hundred dollar. Damn. Wow. Man. Yeah. That hurt. I was so unfairly angry with her. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> about the amps. Um, so I, 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 I use, um, I got a couple things that I like to record with. I have this, this P, PF50T. It's like kind of the new hmm. Ampeg low powered tube okay. head. Um, 6L6s, it's, it's very cool. Uh, and so I use that um, with, uh, sometimes it depends on the cabinet. I have, I have a kind of a weird open back one by 12 that works well. It would not work well at all on a gig, but it works yeah. can work well. So I'll, I'll, I'll pair those. I have an old Sun uh, head, a 190T, I think it is, all to old Sun head. Nice. Um, in an old sun cabinet um you know so you, and, and i guess the theme here is usually when i'm recording bass amp i already have a pretty you know hi-fi full bandwidth you know clean mm -hmm. signal in the di i'm not looking for like a hi-fi amp sure you know i want something kind of gritty and colorful and, and weird most of the time if i'm going that route so okay. i tend to, to to you know i have I have some real hi-fi stuff, you know, yeah. bass amp-wise, but that's not usually what I'm using to rec to record. You want with. a good like lo-fi-ish kind yeah, of. Yeah, I kind of want a little oh, color, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of harmonic richness sure. and, and, and color. Because cool. um, I already, again, I have that that real clean signal in the DI. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's the toughest thing to bring into a great recorded bass sound, you know. It no is. Too, you know. Anybody can go get like a five six hundred dollar DI and be like, "Wow, you sound nice. It's really clean." I'm like, "Okay, well, where's the color? Yeah, where's, where's the character? Right? You know." So, it, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, totally. Uh, Jonathan, did you grow up in the Bay Area, or were you down in uh, Southern California? I thought were you in Southern California originally, or yeah, I grew up in a, in in the L.A. area, a suburb, yeah, L.A. Palos okay. And then uh, and then you did like you. Your start with did you start in Bass Player Magazine? That's, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I remember because I, I, and funny you say that about the Bass Player Mag. I have like all the old issues, so I probably have that buyer's guide. And I've read, oh yeah, you probably do. Yeah, I've read a crap ton of you know things about you and that you've written. Yeah. So, how did you get that start with Bass Player Magazine? Yeah. Um. So I yeah grew up in L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, but had been coming to the Bay Area my whole life. So my father and his whole side of the family uh, was from San Francisco. My dad grew up in, in San Francisco. My my grandparents lived there, um, you know, until they died, you know, mm -hmm. somewhat recently. So so as a, you know, from when I was born, I was coming up here to the Bay Area. So it was a, as much a part of my childhood as L.A. So cool. when I was done with, with school, um, I went to college. College in LA, I went to USC, and then I did, I went for a brief amount of time. I went to the school Llama. It's now called LACM um, uh, uh, for a base program there. Um, and so when I was done with all of that, you know, I, I toyed with the idea of staying in LA and make kind of making a, a go of it then. But on, to be honest, I was I was quite burnt out on on it and on just the lifestyle and the, and the traffic and the, you know, I just needed a change. Yeah. Um, so for a variety of reasons, I, I moved up to San Francisco and 
just, you know, we wanted to establish myself here. And, you know, I was the 22, I think, when I moved here. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, just do the thing where you show up in a city. And I, I, was, I was quite, you know, serious about bass by this point, but also very green and, you know, knew next to nothing. I, I can see now, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just kind of started living here and I, and I got like, you know, random jobs. I had this whole background in college where I was almost, I almost went to law school. So uh, a lot of my um, kind of work experience through college was actually in that field. And I even applied to law schools and, and took yeah. the LSAT, I did all that stuff. And then at like the 11th hour, hold the plug which I'm you know very glad that I did but um but it meant that that's kind of you know the kind of jobs I, I was moderately qualified for so I got some like sh shitty job at a mm -hmm. little law firm and I was just kind of being a kid in, in a in a city and then um I heard from a friend of mine that worked at this company that owned a bunch of shit including bass player and mm -hmm. at that time guitar player and a, and a couple other magazines that there was some job opening uh, at bass player and i also somewhat coincidentally with that read a craigslist post for a job at bass player and you know i had grown up reading bass player uh it was a major part of my you know life and it was kind of my one thread of connection to this culture and this community so obviously I see that like an opportunity to be there. And I was like, you know, uh, and, and I remember the ad was like, you know, must love to talk about bass and meet famous bass heroes. You know, it was just like some absurdly appealing sounding <laughs> job description for what I was into, you know? So I, my arm. I, yeah, I, I, I really, I remember, and I, I was also quite miserable, I think kind of doing this law firm work that I hated and, 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 so this could not have come at a better time, you know? And I was like, well, I, you know, I basically, I remember thinking, okay, if I don't get this job, like that means something, I'm going to yeah. join the Peace Corps. I'm going to move to, you know, Cambodia. I'm, something major is going to happen because this is it. This is the opportunity. This is my break, you know? So I put a lot of, a lot of work into that. Um, wow. And uh, so I, I remember uh, sending an email and I remember, um, hearing back and then arranging an interview and uh, going down there and meeting for the first time, these people whose names I was very familiar with yeah. um, and, and feeling quite intimidated by the whole experience and going to the old author where there was uh, in addition to just, you know, really cool stuff everywhere. There was a big sound room, like a soundproof kind of a studio with all this gear. And I mean, it's just like overwhelmingly cool experience. Um, and, uh, I don't know. They must have saw something in me. I mean, I was definitely not qualified in any traditional sense. I mean, I was, I was really. Uh, I mean, I was probably cheap. That was probably part of it. Um, but, wow. but they saw something in me, and uh, I, I got the job there when I was um, 23. I was the technical editor. So at 23, I was, uh, you know, formally responsible for all of the magazine's gear content and coverage and I you know I, I vividly remember going to my first NAMM show uh that year and and being walked around Bill Lay was the editor-in-chief of the okay. magazine at the time and yeah um being walked around the floor and, and introduced to you know like 
gurus like Mike Tobias and Ken Smith and Vinny and Joey at Federa. I mean, these like serious cats. And I'm like a 23 year old who's now, you know, technically in a position to substantially impact their business, you know? So it was definitely years of imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, but just kept my head down and, and you know, really tried to, uh, to do whatever it is I could to, to do justice to that, that position, you know? I, I think you did over and above, man. I, I yeah, yeah. Above. I would say you were successful, yes. right? Yes. You know? Was that, that Thank was uh, Jim Roberts era? Was he editor in chief? Uh, no, that, that was Bill Lay. Um, so when I was there, okay. Uh, Bill was the, Bill was the editor in chief. I was the technical editor. And eventually by the time I left, <clears throat> the full-time staff, I, I was the editor-in-chief. You okay. know, I ended up in charge of it wow. the, past, the last few years. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, for better or worse, I, I was really there to see its decline. <laughs> you know, just, just, and it wasn't through any fault of our own, really. It was more just the trends in the way people consume media, yeah. which is why we're on a Zoom call, you know, video yeah. and not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I in some ways there was a kind of, there was definitely like a peak. I mean, I think when I arrived, I started in 2002. Okay. That was definitely like the glory days, right? I mean, the magazine was thick and, 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 and the internet had not really <laughs> come to dominate that space yet. There was no talk base or anything, yeah. Yeah. no competition there. So, wow. um, and then steadily, you know, mm -hmm. the readership started to erode, the, the, the magazine started to shrink, the advertisers started to kind of, you know, so, yeah. uh, I, I, yeah, when I, find, well, by the time I left, it seemed like the writing was on the wall to some degree. Um, but I did maintain a relationship there and kept writing stuff good. until not that long ago. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. That, I mean, yeah. I, it, like you said, in its heyday, and even, I mean, I, I, you know, all of us were, I'm sure, avid readers, mm -hmm. collectors. I mean, that was, that was kind of the Bible. And like you said, back in the day, you couldn't go play, you know, these bases, you know, there were a couple of places where you'd make these pilgrimages where I would, I'd go up to the base center or base exchange, you know, with some buddies and be like drilling over Warwick's and, you know, Ken Smith yeah. that were unobtainable to the, totally. you know, so, so yeah, yeah. that was, we a, would have to take a four hour ride to New York. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, it'd be like, Hey, uh, are you gigging this weekend? No. Uh, you want to go to New York? Oh, I know, just to try, you know, and I'm like, that's yeah. really, all yeah. right, we'll get up early. I'll get you at five, you know? I mean, that was the, that was the coolest. Th I mean, there were, there, well, there was a lot of cool things about that job, obviously, uh -huh. but definitely one personally, like, I, you know, I got to play like everything. So, you know, I was always, I always maintained a really busy playing life, you know, and, and I never, and I would see some other people in that field start to kind of lose you know, their energy to play and kind of just become more like professional journalists. I never, I never wanted to do that. I always define myself primarily as a musician and then as a kind of a music journalist second. So, but, but, but yeah, getting to play so much and of course hear so much insight from all of these brilliant artists um, mm -hmm. definitely was so beneficial to my you know, sensibilities as a musician. I mean, as far as gear, I kind of like figured out what was actually good, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 uh, you know, was just so lucky to, to be able to learn from some of the people I, I was, I was able to hang out with, you know, it was pretty special.
Yeah. But what's the one most groundbreaking, like most exciting event during those heydays that you can you can share with us online? Like something like a Nam story or something like what was really like, oh my God, this guy or this experience changed everything? Mm. The one that comes to mind uh, as you know, exam- as, a, as a good example of, of the, the way the job could lead to some just crazy opportunities was we did a story, I forget what year, this might've been, I don't know, 08, 07, I don't know. But it was a, uh, it was a big anniversary for Motown. Um, I guess oh. it would be, have been 50th mm-hmm. or something. So. So, uh, you know, Jamerson was, uh, you know, an evergreen, well, evergreen in the sense that people always wanted to read about Jamerson, not evergreen. It's like there wasn't new Jamerson <laughs> coming out. So, so there was, you know, you kind of can plumb those depths only so many times. But we did definitely feel that this big anniversary was an opportunity to do a really big Jamerson package, you know. Yeah. And um, a, a part of that was uh, I, I had this insane uh, opportunity to basically, um, uh, through Universal, uh, the music group, which owned, at least at the time, they might still, the Motown uh, label and the Masters. Uh, myself, Anthony Jackson, James Jameson Jr., mm-hmm. uh, um, and Chris GC, who was another longtime, you yeah. know, kind of yeah, yeah. icon icon um got to each choose four tracks motown tracks that they would pull from the vault there's a vault in north carolina that's like bomb proof and fireproof and flood proof where these masters are and they would pull the tracks we requested so 16 total we got to pick four each and they would dump them into pro tools from the masters and then we got to go to a studio in new york uh, like some mastering suite up in Midtown, I remember. And me, Anthony, uh, Jamerson Jr. and Chris sat in a studio and listened to Motown, you know, thrown up on a, on a, on a console. So we had, you know, faders and we could solo stuff all day long and just sit there and talk about Motown and Jamerson. And I'm, this is me and his, his son and Anthony Jackson just like rapping about Motown all day. So that Whoa. was, that was pretty nuts. That's heavy. Um, yeah, wow. that, was, that was a heavy day. And, and Anthony is like yes. the authority on Jamerson. Yeah. Um, and and he, the tunes he chose were so cool. Um, you know, they were- Did he know were, him? What's that? I'm assuming he knew him, right? I knew him, yeah. We, uh, we like Anthony him. knew Jamerson, you know? Oh, did Anthony know Jamerson? Um, yeah, I think they crossed paths. I don't know that they were tight. But because, you know, Anthony was in New York and Jamerson was in yeah. L.A. Um, but, yeah, I think they, 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 they didn't meet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once you realize how much Anthony really studied Jamerson, you, 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 you can you then go back and listen to Anthony. You're like, oh, OK, I, I kind of get where he's coming from now because yeah. um, he's just as iconoclastic and, and sort of weird in an amazingly effective way yeah. as, as Jamerson was, you know. Um, so yeah, that was that was really special. I mean, I, you know, I remember like we were at that session and Ooh. and we were listening to Supreme's track, uh-huh. and that what the engineer that was there was like, oh, uh, Florence, you know, from the Supreme, she actually is in town. She's got like a lounge gig at the Algonquin or something. I got her number, and so 
then like they rang up, you know, one of the Supremes. We were just listening to the Supremes and there was like a Supreme on speakerphone. And Jamerson Jr. was talk, telling stories about his dad and, you know, what it was like. And, and, and then just the tapes themselves, the music, I mean, getting to hear, you know, a lot of the pre-roll stuff, I mean, stuff that didn't make the releases. So like, you know, Stevie joking around with the guys in the studio before they started rolling or like these long, you know, jams on the fades that no one's ever heard before. And uh, what's going on, like alternate, alternate vocal takes on what's going on. And like, it was just oh, insane. Um, man. Wow. That, was a, that, was a, that was a heavy day. Did you, uh, was it documented in any way or? Um... Yeah, well, we wrote a big story about it. Unfortunately, okay. that was kind of the pre-video days, you yes. know? So we yeah. didn't really think to do uh, that. I did, yeah, I, I, I did, <laughs> I guess it's safe at this point. I did sneak a tape recorder in with me. I was very, <laughs> very vehemently told not to do that um by everybody but i the did statute anyway. of limitations is it breaks here on the big bottom yeah, jonathan's a criminal <laughs> i come at me uh, <laughs> exactly come on oh dude that's awesome do you, do you still have the tape? well that's the thing i don't know oh. where that is it, it was actually digital as i recall it's like a, like the early days of like a flash you know yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Zoom thing or something so Somewhere that file exists. It's not super high quality because it's like stuffed deep in yeah. my pocket. You know, but that's so funny. But you can hear a little bit of the, the chatter, dude. Yeah, that that's, was cool. That's I mean, I have so many. I mean, being there was such a lucky thing. I mean, I have so yeah. many crazy. Man. If you're into bass and bass heroes and you know Oof. hangs, there was a lot. Yeah, of, that's a pretty a big one. Mm -hmm. That's you know, I think yeah, I remember the story epic. on it. I remember the story mm -hmm. in bass player, uh, but I don't remember. Cool. Yeah, like hearing it like this puts a whole new light around it. <laughs> yeah, you know? mm -hmm. I mean it's radically different, you know. Yeah, it was really special. I mean that the, the coda on that night was uh, it just so happened that there uh, at the Iridium uh, there was a band I forget their name there there was a fusion band in the seventies that was uh, Tony Levin and Gad and maybe David Sanchez. It was like I forget the name. They did like a, one or two records. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, they were having some kind of like reunion series of shows at the Iridium. And so that night we were like, oh, let's go see this thing. So, you know, we, I ended up at the Iridium with Jamerson Jr. and Anthony. And then at the break, <laughs> at the break, Tony and, and Gad, you know, came over to our table, of course, because it's not because of me, because it's Anthony Jackson, James. So, so I, I remember at this table, I'm at this table and it's like Anthony Jackson and Jamerson Jr. and Steve Gadd and Tony Levin. And, you know, it was like, wow, like, how did I end up here? This is just don't, it, my thoughts in those moments, like, don't ruin this. Don't, don't even say anything. Like, don't fuck this up. Don't say anything. Just stay quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a fun You're going to be like, hi, I'm John. <laughs> just don't, don't try to yeah. Uh, don't, yeah, just don't participate. This is not for you. You're lucky to be speaking. Well, you, that's good. You had the, yeah. uh, you had the wherewithal to, to know. Lots of this. <laughs> like, I'm staying in my lane. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's killer. That's killer. That's and a great how, story. How about, how about piece of gear? Right. Guys? Oh, there, I know. I know how to do it. Yeah. Is, is there a, a piece of gear or base that you felt was like, whoa, this, this is just great, like fantastic. I, I mean, just blew your doors off, kind of. I mean, there was, a, there was a probably a, 
a lot, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, stuff would come through. Honestly, the things I remember more. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's bases that came through that I, I, you know, I needed to get one after. Like that was occasionally that's a good sign. Uh, reaction. Yeah, um, it's a good sign. The, but the, but I was gonna say the things I remember more are the like the failures to be honest yeah. because Whoa. can you share that john so <laughs> no, I, um, I, I have i have one no I have. okay we'll move on that's no, okay no. i i have one i have a question on which tripped me out was the uh atlantasia shark bait sure i don't mind i'll, I'll be honest i mean i don't care yeah that say again that atlantasia shark bait. Wait, say that again um, Atla- Atlanta, Atlantasia. Oh, the Atlantia. Atlantia. Yes. What the, that Atlantia. Atlantia. I happen to. I know that well. I. So I think those are those are actually very cool. Okay. They're, they're weird. Yes. But I, uh, one of the longtime uh, bass player, one like one of the real. Uh, so Carl Coriot. Oh yeah. Uh, who's a truly brilliant person and, and, and a big and sort of the heart and soul in some ways of bass player magazine for okay. its, most of its existence. He had one. So we actually had like a, a, a on staff Lancia fan. Um, but you know, I didn't, that, I just appreciate, I always liked when people did weird shit that was yeah. different. I mean, I remember we had some bass, I forget, was it bass labs? It was like hollow. Oh, like the, the neck was hollow. Yeah. It was like the, yeah. yeah. It was like a plastic. That was weird. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, you know, the controversial things, I mean, I, I don't mind, you know, I won't get into like the, 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 the private aspects of, of dealing with it, but there was stuff like, you know, AccuGroove had a product that had a, a switch that was, you know, there was debate as to its efficacy. Oh, no. I'll there put it go. that way. Yeah, um, the, and, the, the, you know, I, for those moments, because, Oh, we got a slow lag. John, we got a John. We, got a, we, we, have, um, we have a lag. Yeah, we have it, a little bit of a, Can you guys hear me? It's like kind of stuttery. I want to make sure. Yeah, we have a little bit of a lag on your end, but that's okay. That's all right. It'll I catch see up. that. Yeah, but I think you were saying it's the it's okay. with the accu switch. Hopefully, it'll the, catch up. Yeah, um, the impedance switcher, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you know, it, it turned out to to not do what it was claim to do and so so i remember those moments a lot because (laughs) it was so stressful for me because i you know especially then when we when bass player was you know more impactful i you know i knew that okay if i publish this thing you know like (sighs) someone's (laughs) someone's livelihood is 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 at risk you know And, and who am i to 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 you know so um, a lot of a lot of anxiety would go into those kinds of things, and 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 really just underscored the need to really have a pretty um, concrete methodology and make sure the process, you know, leading up to the review was really fair, and that everyone they, everyone's given really ample time to mm-hmm. push back, you know, on stuff. So so yeah, there there were a number of, of times like that, um, you know, and I got very good, I think, at criticizing things in a way that was not overly negative, sure. you know, or, or seeing the, 
you know, it's because it was honestly genuinely rare where something would just suck like that. That actually, by the time, you know, the 2000s, you have CNC and you have various things that make it hard to make shitty gear. You know, you have to kind of try now. Um, not that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, I remember another one, the Nightwalker preamp. That was a weird one. Oh, um, so, so anyway, the point yeah. is. <laughs> I, I, am, I am just going like this. I'm just ducking the Nightwalker. Steve has an experience with that as well. Oh, okay. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to dwell here. No, but, but the but, point is, yeah, I, 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 I remember those things because of how conscious I was of, of what it would mean to say something bad. Well, you know. Well, I think that it, it also is that you're not you're coming from an actual real player's perspective. You're not coming from a guy that's an engineer or a guy that's just writing stuff. I mean, you really yeah, and that's that's huge. You know, that's so big yeah. because you can't bullshit somebody that's actually in, on the front lines and you give them something. And go, this is going to work because I've experimented blah blah in my lab. It's like I don't give a shit. It doesn't work on a fucking gig, so it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, like. It's it's maddening when that happens, you know. So I I commend you for that because you're a real player. Thank you. Yeah, you're a real player that actually gave real feedback, gig wise, experience gigging, and there's no fluff, you know. So yeah. Uh, anyways, that that's a huge pet peeve. No, that's good to hear. I mean, I tried to do that, you know. I yeah. I, I think there was too often, and maybe still is, you know, the 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 coverage that gear gets can be a little bit divorced from the application that this stuff is actually all just, these are all just tools to, to, to yeah. make music with and, and, uh, and more just sort of treats the gear as an end unto itself. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and, and you're right. There is a, there's a perspective that you, you get when you really play for real that Huge. you can't really, you know, fake. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I really, I'm glad to hear you say that because I really did try to offer that perspective. Yeah, no, it's, and I've worked for a few companies where it's like, not listening, you know? I'm kind of a nobody, but I've been gigging for too long. I kind of know what kind of works and doesn't work and, you yeah. know, Anyways, a couple of those companies are defunct and gone now, and it's like, well, okay, is what it is, you know. So, anyways, yeah, that's yeah. a rant. <laughs> Steve, I know exactly some, at least one of them off the yes. top of our head. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we love the gentleman involved, but love, but it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Well, and and then now too with with having this. And being able to just shoot a picture and go, this is the latest, greatest piece of gear. You know, everyone does that. Everyone. Yeah. Guitar players, bass players. Yeah. You, you get one little thing, like, this is the latest fucking greatest thing. Okay. Like, everyone's trying to do that. So yeah. there's there's one of those things where, you you know, you still have to kind of flush out the BS or, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one, but, you know, everybody is a, is a media marketer now. Everybody. Yeah, it's a noisy, it's a noisy world. You yeah, know? everyone's um, an influencer, no matter yeah. what, you know, so, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I miss, I, I, yeah, I, I hope that there will be in the future a, 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 an opportunity to, 
to, I mean, there are, you know, I think this exists more on the guitar side for whatever reason, they're, they're, you know, as far as like authoritative, substantive, you know, real world kind of coverage of, of the stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think there's a risk. I, I would always think of players that are just kind of getting into this, this bass thing and, and, uh, try to speak at them, you know, and, and now, you know, back when in the bass player days, like there, there, there weren't so many people competing for their attention and, 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 yeah. it, and it was, you know, you, they might have a teacher who was like, Oh, you want to know like about bass, you got to get a subscription to bass player. But now, now if they go on YouTube, they're like bass reviews, there's going to be Millions. a lot of stuff, you know, 90% of which is not trustworthy. So, yeah. you know, I hope one day to maybe be part of bringing back some of that. Yeah. I mean, you've got to just find the individuals that you know, right? Right. It's even worse than like talk base. Yeah. Right. Oh, I know this guy. I know he's gigging a lot. Oh, he puts videos up of what he does. Right. Oh, there he is in a band context. Oh, okay. I, I can trust this. And that's how I approach TB, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. I don't tend to put like, hey, here's me playing this. No, it's here. Here's me playing this in a band. Yeah. Right. In a live situation. Yeah. Now judge, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 Word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, we before we wrap up and get your socials and so forth, you know, we have three questions that we've been asking everybody. Three, three, three. Right. Okay. Um, Steve. Yes. Go. Want me to start? All right, Jonathan. Living or dead, artist that you would have loved to have studied with. Hmm. Studied is an interesting wrinkle to that question. Yeah. Take uh, it how it is. It's study, whatever, like study the art or study the. Honestly, the person I would most want to spend time around and musically that comes to mind is Joni, Joni Mitchell. Oh, that's a good one. Whoa. Left field. <laughs> yeah, he's a genius. Yes. Mingus, one of the best records ever. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. many. You know, but just her, 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 you know, I, I'm most, I think we all are most drawn to the artists that sort of redefine mm -hmm. the, our, our sense of what's possible, you know, and I think, you know, Joni is really one of those people on so many levels, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just harmonically alone, like she had a very singular yeah, harmonic understanding and, you know, just, to, just to kind of learn, okay, how do I, how do I, um, how do I, how, how can I be as confident and bold in my creative expression as you are and, and just pump out great stuff? You know, I just yeah. want to see her process would have been really, really cool. I love that. That's, that's love badass. That. I like that. That's good. We answer. haven't yeah. heard that one yet. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Right, how many Jockos did you hear? Uh, no, Jocko count. So no, far, no one. None. None. No, no one. one. Oh wow. No one. They know. They know it's two on the nose. They're not. They want to say it. They want to no. say it. Exactly. Exactly. But you, you know, speaking of Joni, it's like you know, you listen to her even do just, just singing and playing guitar, and it's like an orchestration. You know, it's fucking. It. She's amazing. She's amazing. so harmonically like above and beyond. She's ridiculous. Anyways, that's that's cool. All right. Uh, who says who's asking the next question? It, it, it's Mr. Moody. Mr. Mr. Moody. Let, let's see if I remember my correct one because I think last <laughs> week I stole yours, Tony. You did, but that's okay. Oh, let's see. Okay, living or dead, who would you share a meal with? 
you did it again. That was it? <laughs> I was sitting there being like, no, I'm not going to do it this time. Shit. Living or dead, who would I share a meal with? Um, <laughs> uh, living or dead, who would I share a meal with? Maybe uh, someone like... Um, I'll go with... Uh, Vladimir Nabokov, the writer. Oh, hmm. damn. All right. Heavy. Ah. He was a genius. I mean, he was yeah. a guy, just for a little plug, he was a guy who uh, was a native Russian speaker, didn't learn English until he was an adult, and became, despite that, one of the best writers of English in the history of the language. Wow. Despite not acquiring it till he was in his 20s. So that's a very impressive mind. Um, that's cool. So yeah, I love Nabokov. I don't know, that, that just came yeah. to mind. I'm trying to go, you know, a little less than obvious answers. Here. No, I, love I don't know, that's the third time we've heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, John, geez. I gotta get hip, man. Uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was also gonna say that you've probably had a lot of meals with a lot of fucking badass, you know, gurus. I have in the uh, yeah in the base side of things the for base, sure the, yeah so, like, so that makes the sense. bloom is the bloom is off the rose a little bit as far as like meeting base heroes no we've we've heard other right. so Nabokov is that's awesome I Nabokov like that. yeah I'll take the last question then that's usually John Moody's but I'll take it right now who <laughs> would you like to play with you could jam play with anybody living or mm. dead who would it be hmm. I guess this assumes I could sort of rise to the occasion. Like it would be, I wouldn't, I would be able to play with them. Yeah, you could force them into the room, so to speak. I can you know. like elevate my game. Uh, yeah. Anybody, any time period. Any time period, anybody. Well, it would be either, it'd be either Bill Evans or Herbie Hancock. It'd be one of those two Ooh. piano players. Wow. I guess I'd Evans go with Herbie. I can, I can see play electric. That doesn't surprise me, actually. I can, I see can play there. some electric. And we're homies now because he, I'm kidding, but he liked an IG thing I did recently. I saw so that. Now, I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. I like, yeah, I was like. I quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, Herbie. I, I, and I've been really, really, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the recent passing of Paul Jackson. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about Herbie and and Paul and 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 so yeah, that would be that would be a special. Yeah, thing. that's amazing. Yeah, Herbie's national treasure, man. The guy. He, yeah, and he's still just as shredding as he's ever been. Yeah, Ridiculous. yeah, like on it, man. He's and, on it. And talk about a reinventor. Like yeah, done, I mean, you, how many times have you reinvented him? So he just keeps doing it and doing it and doing he's it. He's always hipper than anyone yes. else in the room. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh. the greatest. Those are good answers. Well, Jonathan, where can we find you? Where can anyone seeing this find you? Well, let's see. Um, on Instagram at uh, John Herrera underscore music. Okay. J-O-N-H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore music. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I think that's Jonathan.Herrera2, maybe. I'll, I'll um, find them and I'll put them right under you. Cool, yeah. I mean, I have a website, the, the studio. Um, What's the website? Uh, JohnHerrera.com. Cool. 
and I would say for some of the recent sort of like media work I've been doing, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of stuff for Scott's bass lessons. So Mm -hmm. not, you know, I think all bias aside, I think he's doing a really, really cool thing there. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to see some of the stuff I've been up to lately, that's that's where you'll find it. Scott's basement. Okay, I got a cool little uh, JH story regarding you. Um, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, for like it's it's real stupid and silly. I burnt a body like a few years ago. My parents came over, and I thought I would just shock them by taking a body and putting it in the pit in, the, in my backyard. Base body. A base body. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Very specific. And my like- mom. A is this a confession? Body. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, right. I, took a body. I took a base body. A base body. Oh, it would be very simple. No cops come on me. Right. Right. And then I, I threw it in the fire in front of my mother. My mother's like, what are you doing? Mama? She was just all freaking out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of overcooked it. And I remember taking it out. And I had a margarita or two in me. I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll admit. And taking a picture and putting it on Facebook. And there was jokes like, oh, I left the chicken in the oven too long. Everyone's kind of like, you know, throwing like the little things, the little jabs and whatever and laughing and so forth. And the only one who wrote, Jonathan writes, I love it. (laughs) 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 I'm like, of all people, like the most beat up, ugly, burnt thing. I I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Like right there, we see eye to eye. (laughs) We get get each other. Only (laughs) like this. You can only see so much fancy stuff in one yeah. lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Jonathan, uh, can't thank you enough for thank taking you. time. And you're a legend and icon. And we, we yeah, that the Bass Player Magazine stuff you talk I, I love it, man. It's awesome. Thank been, you. Uh, big, big uh, influence and big, uh, you know, for all of us. And yeah, we we love you, man. Good awesome. Dude. Thank you. That's so great. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. So, Steve, what is the tagline? The tagline is, so, um, wait, uh, Wait, which one? <laughs> I mean, this I can where, steal it. I already did Tony's. So this, is, so this was the Big Bottom episode 28, Jonathan Herrera. This is the time where we stop recording and we talk shit in the green room. <laughs> so we say bye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. And we keep goodbye, talking. Everybody? Thanks, bye. guys. See ya.